and welcome to the MinMaxed Podcast, a place for adventurers and friends. You join us as we continue our first installment of All on the Table, an explanatory format where we try new things and go more in-depth on rules and game mechanics. For this installment of All on the Table, we're playing through the four new classes of the Advanced Player's Guide Playtest. They are the Investigator, the Oracle, the Swashbuckler, and the Witch. And we're playing them at level 15. We pick up where we left off last week in the middle of combat with a giant plant vine tentacle monster atop an ancient and mysterious jungle temple. After... Alidus, it is Dantal's turn. Okay, um, so how do we want to start this? I will start with... I will use a stance activity called Buckler Dance. And what that does is I basically always... Am con- as long as I'm in the stance, I'm considered as having raised my shield without having to do a raised shield action. So you're going into the stance. While you're in the stance, you are considered having your shield raised, period. Correct. And this is a swashbuckler thing. This is very much a swashbuckler thing. Cool. All right. So that's my first action. Um, my second action will be to uh, attempt to trip him. You're going to trip the Wait, what? giant tangled mass of vines. Attempt to, all right? Yes. Wait. Um... <laughs> And the reason I can do this is because I have Titan Wrestler as one of my general feats for being a trained in athletics. Fantastic. Um, I'm actually, it's a skill feat anyone can take. It's a skill feat anybody can take, but as a legendary athlete, athletics, I can do it with a creature that's up to three time, three sizes larger than me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the trip is the trip you said, right? Yes, I will use a trip action, a trip attack, basically. You have to have at least one hand free, and you bypass the requirement that it can't be more than one one size larger than you, uh, and you make an athletics check against the target's reflex DC. Correct. So go ahead and make your athletics check. Uh, Here we go. This is your first action. I am going to just immediately use my... uh, action point for the day too, my hero point because <laughs> I rolled a 1 on my athletics check. Alright. I love that the buffer for you not dying like that that hero point buffer of dying is gone. Now yep, I can... gone already on, on two of us. <laughs> um, not great, but I get a 8 for a total of 38. 38. Beat it by 1. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> you got it. Yes. Oh. You successfully trip. <clears throat> The huge Wemoth. Yeah, and see, that's huge for um, the swashbuckler because in order to gain the panache from tripping him, I have to, it has to be successful. And here we are with your first round in combat wielding panache and your rapier, I'm assuming? Uh, no, actually, I use a short sword. Oh, okay. And I believe, did you say he was weak to slashing? Yeah, and assuming that your people communicated that with you, with we just had the conversation, kind of, yes, totally. Uh, yeah, weak to slashing. Okay, so it won't roll this way, but um, I will use the versatile on the short sword to use slashing instead of piercing. Got it. Just an FYI. Um, so that's my second action. My third action will be to 
use my panache by using a finisher action. So I want to. I want to. What step? Out. First action was tripping it, which was successful. No, first action was the buckler dance. Oh, that's right. The buckle going into the buckler stance. Yeah, which uh, essentially action. gives me uh, plus two AC for the rest of the, as long as I'm in that stance, which is I only have one stance, so the rest of the combat. The rest of the combat. Got it. Second action was to do the trip, which was successful. Now you're doing yep. a finishing attack. So now I'm doing a finisher. I'm going to use confident finisher. Which means even if I miss, um, I deal. I would normally deal half my precision precise strike damage, which is another swashbuckler thing. Um, swashbucklers with, can get precise strike damage if they have panache and use a finisher. They get, um, in my case, it's five d six additional damage. Um, Just because you are using a finisher with panache. Correct. If I, I um, if I'm if I'm not using a finisher, if I'm just using a regular attack, and I have panache, I get just five extra damage. So you always deal this precision damage when you strike and, and hit. If but I have panache. If you don't have panache, you, you just deal. I just do my regular dice? weapon damage. Oh, regular weapon damage. So when yep. is it just dice as opposed to all rolling all five d six? Um, well, it's just the five if I have panache, but I'm not using a finisher. Got it. That's what I was confused on. If I'm using, if I have panache and I'm using a finisher, I get the five d6 instead of just five damage. So that's when precise strike applies. Yes. Understood. In this case, you're using a finisher. I'm so using a finisher, so I get the additional five d6. Um, I'm using confident finish, which means that I get half of my precise precise strike damage, even if I miss. But I also have um, the feet precise finisher, which actually increases that instead of half damage, it does full damage on a failure. So basically, you're going to deal five C five D six damage to it unless you critically fail the hit. It doesn't say anything about critical, um, so I don't know. I would assume failure, it does right? say yeah. It does add a failure effect, so I'd assume if I critically fail, then yes, I don't do anything. So we'll give it a roll. So a 37 to hit him flat-footed Correct. will hit. Nice. Um, so that is a total of 53 damage, um, but that should be slashing, not piercing. 1d6 of it is acid, 1d6 of it is sonic, 5d6 of it is precision. Yep, and then and I have my also, base 3d6 plus 11. It's also weak to slashing. I'll just tell you guys, it takes an additional 15 damage from slashing. Nice. Oh, 15? Nice. Yeah. I was hoping for like five. I'll take 15 any day. Right. And sorry for how long that took, but that's my turn. <laughs> well, we know how it works, so the next time we do it, it'll go faster, because I understand you're probably going to be using that finishing strike as often as possible. Uh, yeah, each turn might be a little different on how I get the panache and whatnot, but yes. All right. Then that is the end of Dantal's turn. We're going to go to Hagger now. Hagger, you are currently immobile because you are grabbed. I feel like I haven't spoken in 20 minutes. Okay. Um, so, we am I still... I'm grappled even though it went prone? Like, that didn't break anything? No, that doesn't break anything from it. So, it not grappled, you have the grabbed condition, which means you're flat-footed and you're also immobilized. So what was the ruling for my semantic? I just need to roll a flat five. For when you're grabbed? Yeah. 
Or my different. I don't think it's, it's range. Or... Yeah, grab doesn't have anything to do with like casting. The why did? Yeah, it does. You have to make to a five? you have to make a oh. flat check. I think. Oh yeah, you must see this flat DC five check. Yeah, never mind. Well, that's if you attempt a manipulate action. Well, semantic would be manipulate, no? Yeah, I think I don't so. Think, is it? Isn't it? I have a. Fr I would I still know. have all semantic is a free hand. I don't, I would assume I don't my, know if that counts as a hands bound. I don't think casting counts as a manipulate action. Well, I want my hero point back then. <laughs> Let's see. Do we go under casting or would we be going under grapple? Oh, yeah, here it is. A semantic component is a specific hand mo movement or gesture that generates a magical nexus. The spell gains the manipulate trait and requires you to make gestures. Yeah, so that's why. Yeah, if there's a material, a focus, or a semantic, they're all manipulates. So the only thing you could do grapple would be verbal specific, which is very few spells. Okay. It is Hagger's turn. To make the Jeez. fight fair, I think I should have taken 1d12 plus whatever damage. Shit. I mean, you that just have. happened, so 1d12 like... plus 10 damage. Yeah, that's true, and that would be right now. So you take 21 points of damage. Fuck me. <clears throat> All right. It moves on to Hager's turn. She's grabbed. But I'm not grabbed. slowed like these folks, eh? Correct. You still have three actions to work with. Is there a break option for one reaction? Yes. For one action, you can make the basic escape action. Which uses... You attempt to escape from being grabbed. Choose one creature, yada yada. Uh, attempt to check using your unarmed attacked modifier against the DC of the effect. It's typically the athletics oh, DC of the creature grabbing you. Unarmed attack, huh? Yep. I'm expert in unarmed. So, then that means it's going to be your level, which is 15, plus uh, expert, which is 6, right? No, expert is 4. No, 4. Expert is 4. So yeah. then you're looking at 19. Plus, unarmed attack is technically a, a finesse weapon. It doesn't say that you have to use strength, so you can use dex or strength with whatever's higher. So, 8 plus 15. What's your strength modifier? Well, my dex would be plus 4. Oh, dex is plus 4. So, so we got 4, 4, eight, 4 15. 15. That 31. Well, I'm, am I missing one? It was just dex, expert, and 15, right? Yeah. So, 15 plus 8 is 23. So, a D D20 plus 23 if you want to use the escape action. One thing to note is that this has the attack trait. So if you try it more than once, you'll take a minus 5 on it if you do it again. Do I break it with the 26? With the 26, Let's we're going to go against its athletics. No. The 26 okay. does not succeed. Alright, well, I'll try. Do I do the flat? I'm going to try to manipulate trait. If you're going to semantic casting has the manipulate trait you have to roll a flat five i'm assuming you're trying to cast something yeah what'd you roll a four okay so you lose sure don't because it's just a focus point but well, i'll lose the focus point so you lose the focus point well you lose that action you lose that activity that sucks buddy that's the end of your turn right yep it was fun that sucks next time next time so then that's gonna that was the end of round one that was all round one Round one. Now we're gonna Fight. go to the top of round two. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got to be really nice to be able to burn a focus point and like not go blind or you know, be <laughs> engulfed in flames. Does the prone cause anything for his athletics? 
it's an attack, you know, his AC goes down by two, so I don't know if rules as written that that's the case. Yeah, it doesn't seem to. It's like pro, it's flat-footed, which is a minus two to AC and minus two to attack. Even if that were the yeah. case, you have a very small percentage uh, chance to get it. You, it's, you, you definitely need to roll better than a three. It is Hemlock's turn. Okay. So I am going to not even try and escape from this thing because I do not believe I would be able to. So instead, I'm simply going to attack it from within. I am flat-footed, so I'm going to take a negative two to my attack. First thing I'm going to do is uh, study suspect. So it's going to be the same thing. I'm going to make a perception check versus his will DC. Do you need to do that more than once in a combat? Yep, once per round. It is per round, and it's an action to do it. It is one single action to do it. Got it. Just wanted to double-check that. Continue. Yeah. So here we go. Perception check. On my perception check, I get a 36 versus its will DC. 36 beats its will DC. Fantastic. So then I will make a single uh, attack action against it. And that is going to have a plus two, but then also a minus two because I'm flat-footed. So it's ba- or a plus one so, and a minus two. So it's a, at a minus one. Yes. Um, so Why is it only a plus one? What is your... Well, uh, my normally... studied sus- strike is only a plus two. One, because he's grabbed right now. Is it flat-footed? You get a minus two to attack, or is that just correct? Prone? No, it's flat-footed. Flat-footed. I think. What? Well, no, flat-footed. That's just a minus two to AC. It doesn't give you minus two attack. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. So I don't actually get a minus two to my attack. Yeah. Prone is minus two to attack. Correct. Okay, fantastic. Well, then I make my attack against it with my rapier, and I will get a thirty-three to hit it. 33 will not hit it. And it has a minus two for being, since it's prone. Correct. That's true. Uh, Okay, then I will try and make another attack at a minus five this time. Before you make that attack, take 21 points of damage. Okay. From the thorny mass ability. Okay. You rolled a lot better on it that time. Yes, I did. (laughs) All right. And here is my second attack against it. I get a there we go. 39 to hit it. Uh, and that was after the minus 5 or minus 4? That is after the minus 5, yep. Got it. So a 39 does hit. Fantastic. So then my studied strike does go through, and I will deal it, again, 66 plus 7 damage. Finish him. We'll see. Uh, I deal it 30 damage. Is that enough to rupture it and free myself? 30 damage, and what type of damage is it? piercing. Let me check here. It probably needs to be slashing, I'll bet. Uh, okay. Two things. Piercing can rupture you out. 30 damage did not. Okay. Well, that is all three of my actions. I am done. Okay. So, just curious. It's only the person that's attacking it that I mean, like, since I did over 36 damage, that doesn't rupture somebody out or anything like that. It's just the person that is engulfed. Yep. Okay. Engulfing. If the monster takes, if a monster takes piercing or slashing damage equaling or exceeding the listed rupture value from a single attack or spell, the engulfed creature cuts itself free. It does say itself free, itself, so I would yes, assume yes. that that means. Yeah, that makes sense. A creature that gets free by either method can immediately breathe and exits the swallowing monster's space. Shit, I forgot about breathing in regards to Hemlock. Hemlock, you're holding your breath. Yeah, we're. I mean. 
we've gone through one round. We're we're okay. <laughs> yeah, I think we're okay for right now. Um, where the hell was I? Oh yeah, take seventeen damage. Oh, I get it each time I attack. Jesus each Christ. time you attack. Whenever a creature within ten feet attempts a melee attack, it's not even if you hit; it's if you attempt. Jesus. Hey guys, guess how many wounds I have right now? God damn it. Sixty-nine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. Okay, uh, that was all three actions, correct? Yes, I am done. Phenomenal. It is the Wemoth's turn. The first thing the Wemoth does with its first action is that it is going to constrict Hagger. Remind the Wemoth, I've done nothing at all. <laughs> Be like, hey, Mr. Creature. I'm just here for support. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna make this worse. Uh, let me read Constrict to you real quick. You ready for this? Uh, I don't know if this counts as restrained. I don't know if being engulfed counts as being restrained. So help me out here, guys. I didn't realize Hager was being... Grabbed. Yeah, he like did a range attack on me the first turn that he grabbed just has, me. He just has crazy reach. 20 feet? Jesus. He just has crazy reach. Yes, Constrict. The monster deals the listed amount of damage to any number of creatures grabbed or restrained by it. Each of those creatures can attempt a basic fortitude save with the listed DC. Okay. Now, in Engulf, a creature who fails is pulled in and it is grabbed. Okay, so when you're engulfed, it says you have the grabbed condition. So, so yeah, all three of them are grabbed. Answered more. Answered my own question. Now, here's here's the other question. With that single action, it says the monster deals the listed amount of damage to any number of creatures it is grabbed or restrained by it. So with one action, I think, rules-wise, that reads that I damage all three of you with one constrict action. Sounds like it. Fantastic. Everybody give me a fortitude save. Except for Dantal. 20, 34. Uh, 40. 41. Okay. So, Hagger, you fail this save. Atlas and Hemlock succeed. So you would take half this damage. The damage that everybody will take is 20 damage. So, Hagger, you take the full 20, Atlas and Hemlock will take 10. Okay, now it's going to use a reaction that it has. The trigger is the Wemoth deals damage to a creature with Constrict. The Wemoth will use the Blood Leech against Hagger and start drawing blood out of Hagger with little tiny viney tendrils that are digging into Hagger's skin uses that reaction to heal itself. Uh, it uses a free action to grab Hagger again, so Hagger maintains that condition. Uh, it will then use one more action to constrict. So everybody give me a fortitude save one more time, except for Dantel. And constrict doesn't have like a limit no, on how many times they can do it or something? Mm -mm. It's just a regular attack? It's just an action. Refuse. Everybody fails. Atlas, you critically fail. Shit. Hagger and Hemlock will take 25 damage, and Atlas will take 50 damage. I'm bloodied now. I say, you're probably oh. bloodied now. <laughs> that was its second action. For its final action, it's going to pummel Dantel with a melee attack and get a 44 to hit. Uh, Yeah, that'll it's hit. With, it's with its minus. Is two. it a crit? Yeah. No, it's not a crit. Not a crit. Got it. Okay. So one hit going to deal you 34 points of damage. 
and using its improved grab ability, it will grab you with a free action. So that is finally its third and final action. It is now Atlas. It's your turn. Atlas will. Did it look like my fire did decent damage to it? Like it took full damage? Um, you didn't. Didn't look like it resisted it at all. Okay. Didn't look like it was weak to it or particularly susceptible. And did I just see it try to uh, absorb life from Hager? I, uh, I don't think you would be able to see that only because that's completely on the other side of the creature. Wammer well, metagame it and be like, fuck, if, you, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it. I vampire touch him. <laughs> All right. We'll make it work. So Vampiric Touch has the semantic and verbal. Uh, semantic will require a flat five check. I think it makes perfect sense since you're both like plant subtype. What'd you get? Uh, I rolled a 19 for both. Yeah, you both, they both have the plant trait. So you're you, sucking you his chlorophyll. <laughs> it succeeded. Chlorophyll? More like so, borophyll. But it will still take <laughs> half the damage. So it's it, it rolled a thirty-eight forty-two against your DC, which was a thirty-six. 36 so it barely succeeded. So it took twenty-three damage. I rolled forty-seven, but it took twenty-three, and I get half of that as temporary hit points. Nice. Uh, would that be eleven or twelve? Round up for the player. And that's Sweet. my turn. That was two actions. That was all you could really do because you are slowed. Uh, and if anybody's listening wondering why Vampiric Touch did so much damage, I used a heightened version of it, uh, level 7. Heightened, I, heightened to version seven. of it. Alright. So it was 14 D6. That's a lot of D6s. Alright, we're moving on. We got Dantal. Okay, so now I'm grabbed by it? You are currently grabbed by it, yes. If you would like to make the escape action, you can do that. You will just make an unarmed attack roll against its athletics DC. I don't think I take any penalties for attacking it while you're while grabbed. grabbed by it. Well, when you're grabbed, you're just you're flat-footed and immobilized. That's yep. it. It does we we talked about this in the fall of Plaguestone from what we can find, grab doesn't say you can only attack with a light one-handed weapon or anything like that. It's just I'm flat-footed, flat-footed. and immobilized. That's it. Yep. And well, neither of those attack. neither of those stop me from making an attack. That is correct. So I'm, it's going to sound weird, attempt to grapple it back. You're going to grab it back? Yeah. All right. So <laughs> again, I can do that with my Titan Wrestler. That is fantastic. Okay. This is a feat? What? The titan titan, what is the Titan Wrestler? Titan That's... Wrestler is a general skill feat. That, that is fantastic. trained in athletics for. How wonderful. Okay. That's but not the higher, thing. Yeah, the higher trained you are in it... Um, the larger creatures that you can you can do stuff with. And you're currently a what in athletics? Uh, I am legendary in athletics. There, there you go. Nice. <laughs> uh, because my 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 gymnast is athletic based, so that makes sense. So I basically do the same thing as I did it with the trip, except I think it goes against fortitude save instead of reflex save. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we will give this a try. I get a forty-seven. <laughs> 47 grabs the beautiful lemoth. I don't suppose it critically grabs it you do not critically grab the lemoth no. ah damn it's DC for athletics is 40 I'm against fortitude not athletics oh it's fortitude that's almost certainly oh shit you got it and it is a critical success 
<laughs> you got it, and it's critical. Um, so critical success, my opponent is restrained until the end of my next turn, unless I move or my, your opponent escapes. Restrained? Restrained is you're tied up and can barely move, or a creature has you pinned, you have the flat-footed and immobilized, and you can't use an, any action with the attack or manipulate traits until Shit. you attempt to escape or force open your bonds. Really? Holy crap! How are you putting this thing to the ground right now? Like, it was grabbing you with, like, it pummels you with, like, a, a, a mass of vines and ground and rock and shit, and then you just, like, what, suplex it? Yeah, I don't know, like, if I go into, like, the the alligator, like, death roll, where I just, like, spin it into, like, a big... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what how this works, but oh, it seems to work. Hey, physics is not the question here. Rules but, as written is the question here. <laughs> and, and it's huge because they can't. He can't use any action with the attack or manipulate trait. That's insanity. And restrained overrides grabbed. You were. That means you are no longer grabbed by it. Is that I what you just said? I would. Well, it says restrained overrides grabbed. I'm assuming that probably means that you go from grabbed to restrained. Oh. Um, no, you're still grabbed by it then. So I would assume I'm still grabbed by it. Correct. So we're grabbing each other. Yeah. But it's restrained. But you're grabbing better. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm better at grabbing it than it's gra- at grabbing me. So apparently, yes. Are we all grabbed by this right now? Everybody. Yes. Um, everybody grabbing. currently has at least a grab condition. This Everybody's is a big grabbed, cluster grab, including it. <laughs> this night just ended in a big orgy. Oh, a big old, with a tentacle a old, monster, yeah, a big old plant tangle. I mean, that's specifically it's a vine monster, not tentacle monster. Yeah, <laughs> come, on, come on now. I've also seen that video. The innuendo was plain here. <laughs> oh my god! All Which right, one? So, <laughs> I know. Right? Okay, so that's my first action. Wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. Do you get panache because of that? And I get panache because of that. Fucking look at you. Okay, got it. Second action, I will use Confident Finisher. So I really don't have anything else to use. And that's the one, that's the finisher you described in your previous turn, right? Yes. Round one. So we will attempt to attack him with that. That's a natural 20. That's a critical hit. You have a a short sword. I'm assuming you're making it slashing. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's a critical hit. You rolled a 20 on the dice. Go ahead and give me your critical roll. Ah, uh, crap. I need to look up real quick those runes. I think they had critical effects. And I think my stuff has critical effects, too. Holy shit. Okay, so the sword has the the sword category for critical effects is it becomes flat-footed. It's totally irrelevant right now because, well, it being... It's already flat-footed. Yeah. Yeah, those runes, do they have any kind of critical effect? You're talking about the striking runes? Yes, the property the runes. Thundering, the thundering and the corrosive. The thundering runes. and the corrosive. Got it. So, uh, in addition, on a critical hit, the target's armor, if any, takes 3d6 acid damage. So, it doesn't have armor and it probably doesn't have a shield, so it doesn't do anything additional for this. What about thundering? On a critical hit, the target has to succeed a dc24 fortitude save or be deafened for one minute. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say it doesn't even need to roll because even if it rolled a one, it would still succeed. But how much damage did you just do to it on its on your critical hit? Um, I don't know why I didn't apply the critical hit. I say I didn't apply the critical hit. Just do it again then. Well, the problem is there's stuff there that's not 
So I will do the Dude, plus everything 11. doubles on a critical hit. So does precision damage. Do the runes? Yeah. Like the runes double on critical hit too? Like extra, everything does now? Extra, oh wait, extra 1d6 on a critical hit, or on a successful hit. Oh, you know what? The thundering rune and the acid rune would not trigger. The thundering and corrosive. Because it just deals extra 1d6. The critical is separate. It's different. But precision does? Precision does double. So why don't no. you just take this and double the appropriate damage type? So the actual slashing damage was 51. Right. So you're saying just take the 26 plus 15. And then double that. So that's 30, 40, another 41 damage. So 20, 30. So you just dealt 92 damage, if my math is correct. Plus the fact that it's slashing. Yes, which means it takes an additional 15. So that means it's up to my brain. 107? 107. So you just dealt it 107 damage. Jesus. Correct. So this is like, this is your second action. The first thing you do is you do this like epic suplex of the thing that it's grabbing you. I imagine you like, like, like jump up around it and like twist its vines up and then just slice a really critical intersection of those vines and it just crumbles and falls apart and it falls to the ground. Well, that was awesome. Well done. Also, you take 16 damage. That is nuts. I'm making you take that 16 damage <laughs> from the fucking thorny mass. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm going to treat wounds. Well, hold on a second. Before we get there, that is the end of that encounter. I have to say two yeah. things. Uh, well done, guys. This was a 15th level creature, so this was exactly your level. Did you feel like this was a moderate encounter? I didn't do anything. If yeah, that is the kind of damage these guys are going to be throwing out, I don't know. I felt like, I mean, I feel like I'm close to dying. I, I probably had one more round left and I'd be dead. Are you talking about Gensit alone or just in general? No, just in general. I mean, like, I only had 67 HP left. Well, it would if, not have been uh, hard for it to kill me. Let me tell you, let me put it this way. If Dantal didn't just completely obliterate it that moment, if it got a chance to go again while it was being pinned like it was, it was just going to constrict you three times. Yeah, so that's, I suppose because that doesn't have the, that, that doesn't have the attack trait, does it? It does not. It would have been the only thing that it could have done, really, aside from yeah. trying to break loose. But I still had an attack still. Yeah, and uh, that second <laughs> thing I was going to say about this combat is, holy crap, Spencer! I'm so sorry. The only turn you actually got, you failed on your flat check to cast your hex. I will yeah, say it's, it's hard to say from a caster. It's hard to say from one fight whether that felt hard or not. Absolutely. I mean, did yeah. did we just get like really lucky? I mean, Ted did a shit ton of damage with his focus spell. He's I a crit him, fucking blaster. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing: uh, even before you crit him, he had 36 HP left. Yeah. I missed. Yeah, I one see. He was already dying. I I missed two opportunities for using that monster in that fight, and the first one was I should have grabbed you, Dental, with the first action last round and then use the second and third action to constrict oh, instead of constricting yeah, that them made first more and sense. second. Yep. So again, and this isn't a stupid monster. It should have done that. That was my mistake. The second thing was that I didn't get a chance to get off its uh, blood leech ability in the first round. It only gets one reaction. Uh, that blood leech that heals him when you, he deals constrict damage would have been super useful if he could have done it against like, uh, Ted's Leshy, for example, when he critically failed the save for Constrict. Yeah. So. And I mean, getting the knowledge that slashing 
hurt it more. I mean, that did at least 30 damage from... Well, and that was the other thing I was going to say. Uh, Spencer with Hagger did two things. Uh, it completely took away the ability for it to surprise you. It used deception as its initiative bonus, because what it was doing, it was using the rod in order to tempt somebody to go up and get the rod. Oh, I see. And then what it would do is it would initiate combat by grabbing you and engulfing you. Well, way to talk to that temple. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, Adalus talked to the temple and found out that the Massivines was, in fact, a creature. He could target it, or I'm sorry... Hagger could target it with Vision of Weakness, which those. both of us ten. Both, both of us ten. Oh me. shit, Hagger, you didn't do anything, man. <laughs> oh, or Spencer. That's for Spencer now. Here to look pretty. I'm gonna make a treat wounds check with the DC thirty. I'm gonna make one with the DC forty. I'm gonna make one with the DC thirty also for everybody. You can do it for everybody. Yeah. Same ten minutes in, in, in one in one thing. Ward medic. I got a 35. Nice. See, well, I'll focus. I got a 32. So I get 2d8 plus 30. Treat wounds. Everyone gets 44. And I get well, a static 11 can, for photosynthesize while doing it too. Can Ted and David both heal them, both do it to themselves, to, to David? There's nothing that says that everything... Yeah, well, you can, only, you can only be the subject to treat wounds once every so often, right? Is it the subject, or you can only apply? Okay, now we gotta look it up. Oh! The target is temporarily immune, immune to treat wounds action for one hour. Yep. But Ted's is probably only a half hour, so David, you probably don't want to do it to yourself. Oh, mine's only okay. Or ten mine's, minutes, not a half Mine's hour. ten minutes. Yeah, you have recovery, uh, continual recovery. I mean, I could yeah. separately use battle medicine on myself. That's different. Okay, I'll just take Ted's nope, healing. No, battle medicine's treated as treat wounds. Yeah, no, it it's is. not. Oh, it's not? I thought it was oh. that. I thought it was for the treat wounds. No, uh, it's it, it just says as treat wounds. Like you heal as if treat wounds. It does not actually say it is treat wounds, which I think also means you don't lose the wounded condition. Yeah. So battle medicine reads: you can uh, patch up yourself or an adjacent ally even in combat, and it says attempt a medicine check with the same DC as for treat wounds and provide the corresponding amount of healing. So oh, it doesn't so say it, it doesn't it, say it is treat wounds or uses treat wounds. It just uses the same DC and you get the same healing. You know what the part that convinces me on that is that second part of that sentence, and provides the corresponding amount of healing. Like not only does it say as for treat wounds, but it says corresponding amount of healing. So that yeah, everything in there seems to indicate that the battle medicine just acts like treat wounds to save on text within the book. But it is it isn't treat wounds. Yeah, it's its own separate thing. So I think he can do that. I would still on not suggest using battle medicine because you can only use it once per day still. And I feel like that's just kind of a waste when I can heal every ten minutes. Yeah, that's why I just wait. Everybody at once. So in twenty minutes, I did eighty eight. Yeah, I'll hold off um, on my. Not to take it away. Not to take away from you, David. But <laughs> so. You guys are going to set the scene again for you here. Uh, you've got the temple in front of you. All the vines that were covering that, that rod are all splayed out along the temple, the temple surface. You also see those two entrances in the northeastern and northwestern corners of the uh, temple. And uh, what do you guys do? Yes. I mean... So there's a door to the northwest and a door to the northeast. Yep. Yep. On Do we grab map, the rod? 
We oh, yeah. Let's go inspect that rod. We're going to go inspect the rod? The fancy yeah. glittering rod that was yeah. supposed to be the uh, the lure for the deceptive exactly women. what I want to do. I'm pretty now, sure it's fake anyways. Who inspects it? I mean, Hemlock for sure. Probably our else. investigator. So Hemlock picks it up. Hemlock. Uh, oh, do, do you want to roll a check before you touch it? <laughs> yeah, I want to make sure. Well, clearly it's not trapped. Uh, I'll check to see if it's trapped before I grab it. Go ahead. Uh, I get a 35 on my perception check. The rod does not appear to be trapped. Okay. Does it appear to be real? Yeah. I feel, I feel like it's just like, like a glamour or something just to make us want to show up there. David, if you get uh, hemlock, I should say, you get close enough and you kind of get get down real close and look at it from a bunch of different angles, you feel safe picking it up. I'll pick it up. And you kind of heft it in your hand. It's very light, almost hollow feeling. Um, and you take a really close look at the gem up top. Ooh. That, that looks like that's the equivalent of cubic zirconia. Oh. This thing, is, this thing looks really nice at a distance. When you get close to it, it's garbage. Bro, it's all about moissanite now. Cubic zirconias are so 10 years ago. <laughs> Gotta get yourself a moisty boy. Then uh, you guys have a choice. You have one of two doors that you can enter. You can kind of waltz up and check them out, see if you can get any clues as to what might be down each one. Sure. I'll poke my head down the one to the northeast, west. I like west. west. Okay, go ahead and give me a perception check. Will do. I get a 45. There's this interesting sound that you can hear. Uh, the doorway has a stone staircase that leads down in a spiral, a really tight spiral that goes down. Uh, there's a faint bluish purple light coming from very deep that you can see and you also hear this faint like crackling and a like sound of air like that I guess I relay that information to my compatriots and ask if we want to go down. Weird warbling noise? Let's go. All right. You first. Okay. Or somebody group, other than me first. The group has chosen. I was, was going to say we should probably rethink that as he's no longer Daru. He is a witch. <laughs> That's right. You're not Daru anymore, my bad. Which, which don't care. No, but who goes first? Who's the tankiest? It's Dantal, right? I'm not necessarily tanky, but I'm pretty agile. I can, like, duck out of the way of things. I mean, so I can two, certainly go first. You got what two casters. <laughs> what Do you want the tree? tree to go first? I don't know. Is the tree tanky? Is your bark worse than your bite? What's everybody's AC? I don't even know. <laughs> 36. Is everyone just gonna let the bark joke pass? 35. <laughs> I paid to not paid attention. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I ignored it. Everybody ignore my jokes. It's fine. <laughs> They're terrible anyway. Hemlock, your AC is better than Alatus. 36. Yeah, but I also 35. have 171 HP. True. What I'm is it? 30... I have the lowest HP. I have 36 AC, but I can get up to 38 in the first round. And Rising you have shield. more HP than me, right? And I've got 
228 hit points. Yeah, you go first. So, yeah, I've got no problem. I've got, like, good reflexes in case I trip a trap or something. <laughs> okay. So you all descend deeper into the complex. At about, it's hard to tell, there might be a couple hundred feet down. You guys are traveling downwards for a good ten minutes in this tight spiraling staircase that ominous crackling and warbling of the air doesn't seem apparent to most of you right away uh hemlock picked up on it because he knows how to find the void and really focus in on his surroundings but as everybody gets closer you start hearing that crackle and then the warble you get about 20 minutes traveling downwards and you come across walking down these steps for 20 minutes yeah 20 minutes God, you hear that noise from 20 minutes away? You're pretty good. My hammies are killing me. (laughs) Hemlock is a legend at perception, and you got, what, a 45? Yes. In that echo chamber? Yeah, you got it. You got this. You are a hero, after all. You come across a shimmering veil in the air. And it encompasses the entirety of the staircase. Now, the interesting thing is it seems as though the staircase continues beyond it. But around the borders of the shimmering veil, they kind of seem to stop abruptly. What do you guys do about this thing that's impeding your way? Can I make some kind of a check to understand what it might be? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Funnily enough, or interestingly enough, there is an exploration activity called Investigate, and you're going to make a recall knowledge, and it's going to be a secret check. I need it to be occult. Okay, I will roll a secret occultism recall knowledge. Now, I know I've got some shit for doing this kind of stuff. I have so many skill feats, it's ridiculous. No, maybe I don't have anything for this. Sorry, I just had to look to see. You gotta check every single one of your skill feats. I have so many to look at, too. (laughs) Just a million of them. I mean, not a million, but one per level plus a couple. Nope, never mind. Okay, so I will just roll that secret skill check for occultism. Here it comes. Done. It is rolled. All right. This seems to be that tear to another plane that was mentioned in some of the esoteric writings about this temple. Ah, so if we go through this, we're going to end up somewhere else. It seems extremely unstable, but those texts that you were reading had to have been hundreds of years years old. So it's probably even more unstable now. I'm just saying it seems unstable. The texts didn't say it was unstable, uh, but it seems unstable. So if we go through, we might not make it back. But it sounds phenomenally interesting and fascinating, and my curiosity is piqued. Yeah, let's go. Now, now, now do, we, do, do we fuck with them and uh, go leave it now and go back and check the other tunnel? <laughs> we could Son do of that. a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I walk through. All right, Alice, this is you... As you pass the shimmering veil, Does it uh, seem to disintegrate. Your 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 bark seems to tingle as it passes through. But as you go through, that buzzing and crackling sound comes to an immediate stop, and you hear dead silence as the spiral staircase continues to descend downward. 
I turn uh, I follow. back. What do I see? Do you cross the threshold again? No, I just look. Take them to the Turn threshold. and look back. You see your party. Uh, however, there seems to be this strange green nimbus that outlines their silhouettes. To the party, you also see a strange green nimbus that is highlighting Alatus. Stupid fucking tree. <laughs> I, I fucking go through. Boom. The sound stops immediately. Hi, friend. Hey. It's definitely quiet on the side of the portal. Especially after all the lead in to that big crackles. I am Groot. <laughs> yes, and I'm Hemlock. Perhaps we are our same version, uh, our same selves, but in a different version, a different layer of the multiverse. How fascinating. Dental, Hagger, do you follow? Do I see them? Yep. Could they hear me talking? Uh, no. They cannot. I give them a thumbs up. I give a thumbs up back. Alright, now I leave. I branch up. I, I go through. Wait, hold on. Hagger just leaves and walks back up the stairs. <laughs> Congrats, like, thumbs guys. up, right? Alright, see you later. Portals. <laughs> <laughs> I send my little flying cat through the sacrifice. And now I pick I, up the kitty and give it a pet. It's flying. Well, he just grabs it out of the air. I was going to say, you can just <laughs> pluck it out of the air. It like purrs it's because it's familiar with you. Familiar. Oh, I didn't even realize I did that. That's for you, David. <laughs> I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, Some of go. the best puns are in- unintentional. I'll jump on through. All right. So, and, jump on through to the And then other I jump side. back. Vroom. Okay. Just make it sure. You can make it back. <laughs> um, I do want to point out that the sound difference is still startling. When you go back across the portal, you hear the loud buzzing and the crackles, and then you cross the threshold again, and it's dead silent. But the staircase continues down. As you guys are traveling down and descending the spiral staircase, you start to notice that there are these clusters of gems growing sporadically in the walls, and they start to get thicker and more frequent as you go down. The clusters become to get bigger. What kind of check do I have to make to see if we're in the first world? Uh, There isn't a knowledge planes. No, there isn't. I'm going to say knowledge primal. Knowledge primal. I don't know if that's true, but I'm just going to make it happen, yeah. Uh, There isn't a knowledge primal. It would be occultism, I think. Recall recall knowledge uh, nature, sorry. Nature. Recall knowledge, nature. Got you got it. Nature. Do you want this to be a secret check or not? Uh, now you can go to the front. I get it. Uh, Twenty-four is not very good for me. It's really hard to tell, man. I make You're underground. Alex is curious. Now that Hemlock brought it up. Uh, forty-four. Forty-four. You have every reason to believe that you are in fact in the first world. Cool. I love it. Now, that was my suspicion as well. I just couldn't confirm it. You know more about it than I do. Because I'm a tree. <laughs> yeah. You guys Obviously, that's why. Down the spiral staircase. And it, become, it actually ends to, ends at a landing. So you see the walls are covered in gems? Uh, there's sporadically uh, growths of crystals, yes. Like Sporadic crystals, crystals that are worth something? Um, you don't really know. They look fancy and, and expensive. Well, I ask these guys that know about the first world. Are these things worth anything? What do you want, a crafting check? Yeah, probably. I get a 43 crafting check. You would 
you would think that really any mineral that would that originates from the first world will do either one of two things uh be, have com- no use or no worth whatsoever um they might not even actually transfer the barrier back to the material plane it might crumble the dust it might turn into a diamond or a flock of birds you have no idea well, if it turns into a diamond or a flock of birds, I want to see that. So we're going like to try it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the the uh, the laws of physics in the first world are uh, random and sporadic at best, constantly shifting and changing. Well, let's continue on. So you guys will reach what we'll consider the bottom of your spiral staircase. It flattens out into a landing which then turns into a long hallway where there is a very bright uh, rainbow-hued light coming from deeper in. And as you get further, you finally come across this chamber. And inside of this chamber, there is a massive, I'm talking massive, crystal set right in the center of this room. Cool. It's iridescent. It's glimmering. It's floating about six inches off the ground, and it's slowly spinning. There also appears to be a creature in front of it. Standing in front of this slowly rotating and revolving crystal is the apparition of a young elven woman. It is a ghostly apparition. It doesn't seem to have recognized or noticed you yet. What do you do? I'd say she's pretty attractive. She's pretty hot. <laughs> I will call out to her as we approach. In There's Elven. A, in Elven. There's a set of or stairs. Sylvan. I, say, I, think, I don't think I'll Elven make a choice. I'll go Selvin. Sel- Sylvan. 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 Elven is a language, yes. Yeah, but I want to go Sylvan because we're in the first world. Sylvan. There's a a large stone staircase. It's about 20 feet wide, descending down into this chamber. And as you descend down, your footsteps echo off of the cavern walls, and she looks up at you, and you greet her in Sylvan, you said? Yes, and I will start with a diplomacy check uh, to make an impression, which I am able to do with one of my feats very quickly. Um, How quickly? That is what I'm going to figure out right now. Let me find it here. Okay, for everybody listening at home, normally when you're making an impression, it's an action uh, to, you know, an NPC or somebody to try to change their attitude towards you uh, to, you know, friendly or helpful, you would need at least a minute of conversation with that person to be able to make an impression. So I take a negative five penalty to the check, but I can do it as an immediate action. What is it? What is what? That feat? What you're doing, yeah, the feat. Yeah, glad hand is the feat. I'm going to use the make an impression uh, action as an immediate action, and I'm going to, and that means I do it at a negative five penalty. Okay, let's see it. All right, here comes my diplomacy. I get a thirty-seven. So you speak down to her and Sylvan. I don't speak down to her. I'm very. <laughs> Very nice. Well, okay. Sorry, sorry. I, I'm in physically <laughs> I down because the staircase descends into. Oh I boy. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, yes. Uh, so she looks up at you and responds, and it's really weird because when she does it, it kind of there's like her head moving up to look at you. You know, there's kind of like tracers that happen as she looks up, 
It's almost like it's, she's in slow motion, and she responds in this wispy voice. What, what do you do here? We come seeking information about this place. Of any sort that we might be able to find. Knowledge. Give me a perception check, David, as you're interacting with it. Are you guys, uh, are you, right now the party is at the kind of the top of this descending staircase. It goes down a good 50, 60 feet before it reaches the bottom. Um, you can hear her plainly, even though she has this really raspy whisper that's happening. But yeah, you're a good 40, 50 feet away from her. Are you guys getting closer at all? Or do you guys just stay at the top? Of yes, the I will come closer. I I will move okay. myself closer. I don't know if anybody else is moving closer. I'll move down to at least just like the bottom of the stairs. Okay. For now. Hands up, you know, kind of open, open gestures of benevolence. Benevolence? Well, you know, I don't mean any harm. So no, no, we do not wish to take the crystal. We just want to know what's going on here. We didn't even know there was a crystal here, so... I didn't even make a deception check. <laughs> <laughs> you metagaming bastard. Uh, <laughs> as you guys get closer, I want Dantal Hemlock to give me perception checks here. I get a 42. Okay. I get a 40. Damn, nice. Okay. Dantal and Hemlock are both able to see this, but the ghostly apparition flickers for a moment. I put up my cloak and go invisible. Hagar's been kind of hanging out in the back. Using the cloak of elvenkind. The greater cloak of elvenkind. You get to pull it up and is it an action that lets you go invisible? You draw up your hood and gain the effects of invisibility. That's really cool. So. I'm invisible. Dantal and Hemlock see the apparition flicker and uh, it looks over you and says, I And what would it take to release you? Your dad. Well, that just doesn't seem very logical. What is the explanation? You release me from my hunger. Oh, what hunger? What are you? It flickers again, and it, this this apparition shows this thing. I like how you're making it flicker on the map. That's very good. <laughs> this large creature with four arms two of them are very huge like king crab pincher styles the other two are like inside uh like in the armpits coming out of the armpits of those big king crab pinchers and they're like smaller human sized but this thing's got horns and it's green and scaly oh Um, i know what that is that's one of those fucking crazy looking demons right the damn uh, uh shit what's it called Go ahead and give me a recall knowledge check. Yeah, maybe my character remembers when David doesn't. We had that bitchin' mini of one of these. Which which uh, which recall knowledge do you want? I'm trying to figure that out right now. I'm going to say religion. Religion, okay. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I get a 24. Don't know. You're not sure what this thing is or what it could be. Motherfuck. So I've slowly been walking down the stairs Alibus has. Um, has he seen the thing flicker at all? Uh, if you get closer, give me a perception check. I could give you a religion check also, if that would... If you're trying to figure out what this thing is, I don't see why not. Uh, Dan Talgett's a 35 for religion. 
Okay. Uh, real quick, Alagis, what'd you get for your... Uh, perception, I got a 30. Okay, okay. Dantal, you see this huge fiendish presence flickering in and out from this ghost, ghostly apparition um, and your eyes go wide as you realize that this is what's known in the uh, not hell, what's the plane where demons are from shit Demon- devils are from hell, demons are from the abyss the abyss, this demon from the abyss it is a glabrezu Oh, yeah, gla- yeah, gla- yeah, gla- yeah. Glabrezu or Glabrezu or Glabrezu. It's yeah, a treachery great- demon. As Dantal, you recognize this thing. I'm going to give you a couple of things that you know about the Glabrezu demon. First, a Glabrezu d- demon has something called truth vulnerability. A Glabrezu's lies sustain them, and the truth can destroy them. Whenever a revelation effect counteracts or reveals the Glabrezu's illusions or the Glabrezu fails a save against an effect that would prevent them from lying, such as Zone of Truth, the demon takes mental damage. They take this damage only once per effect, even if the effect reveals multiple illusions or prevents multiple lies. So this is, uh, this is a monstrosity that needs to be removed. It is. So yeah, I quickly relayed that to everybody, like, one of those like weird like hushed tones but yet like concerned <laughs> shit guys it's a treachery demon right tell, like that tell, yeah something like that like tell it the truth <laughs> we're gonna kill i'm gonna guys. go ahead and say a thing's about to happen here it's i'm just gonna true. roll i'm just gonna roll perception for the glib yeah it totally hears you <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely hears you um we are going to, in fact, launch into initiative. Hells yeah. Uh, so I want everybody uh, uh, to start. Abyss, yes. Yeah, please. Ah, abyss, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Did Holy I get last? Shit. For crying damn it, I got last. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead. Start from uh, the bottom. Or no, let's start from the top. Who goes first? Dantal gets a 40. Does that put you first? Uh, Alan has also got a 40. Ooh. That puts us tied for first. We can decide who wants to go. You guys do get to decide. So then who follows? Hagger. Hagger, what'd you get? Oh, is that the... Oh, sorry. 34. 30, 45. Where am I? Where is it? All right, 37. <laughs> you <get> 37. <laughs> and Hemlock got a 34. Call numbers till you're right, Spencer. You'll get it eventually. <laughs> Dantal, Alidus, which one between you will be going first? I don't think it matters. Yeah, I mean, if there's something you want to do to buff or debuff, go ahead. Otherwise, I'm just going to move in. <laughs> once once you make your choice, that will be where it stays for the rest of combat. I'll Until go. somebody delays. I'll go in case I have to heal you before you do something. Boom. <laughs> in case right. I just get fucked as I run in. <laughs> Basically, yes. Um, <laughs> so, Alanis, you're going to go first here. What's your move? I will start by activating one of my revela- or focus spells, revelations. Uh, I'm going to use positive luminance. It takes one action. Uh, basically, I draw a life force into myself and become a beacon of positive energy. I start glowing, and I start a pool of points that, that I can use to heal someone or damage an undead. Now, I remember you and I... Spell ever. There's like four paragraphs. I'm not, I'm not going to yeah, positive luminescence is in fact a revelation spell, so it's an oracle thing. 
so when you do this, uh, I don't know if we covered this, but you did in fact focus to remove your curse down to minor at the end of the previous combat. Correct. I just do that with 10 minutes. Yep. So then that means your curse is going to increase to the moderate. Level. Moderate. Yep. Moderate. And uh, yeah, every turn, this uh, bright light that's emanating from Alatus, it's a 10 foot light, it increases by 10 feet every round. Correct. And it increases in my pool every round, too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a and because uh, luminance reservoir. Because of the heightening, it's at. starts at 8, and I gain. Four, uh, five every round. I know that seems arbitrary for everybody, but stick with us once Aladis actually, you know, Does cashes that. in on uh, positive luminescence. You'll see what this is doing. But at the moment, 10 foot bright light around Aladis. And that's one action. One action. Second and third action, I'm going to use true seeing. You're going to use true seeing? Yeah. True seeing is you cast it on yourself. You Let's get see. a roll, secret rolls to counteract. Yep, Any illusion or transmutation in the area. Yes. In fact, it is, although it is 60 feet, so you have to be within 60 feet, which you just are, I believe. Scratch that. You're 45 feet away. So, yes, as you uh, cast True Seeing, which is a two-action spell, uh, you break through the Glabrezu's uh, illusion, and you do not see the ghostly apparition any longer. And it's just the treachery demon in front of you. However, floating above the crystal, you see this form. And only Aladis sees this, right? Correct. And the form looks like a ghost lady, by the way. Do I know what it is? Uh, you can give me a... Well, no, you can't. It's an action to take a uh, recall knowledge check, so no. You don't know what it is. It's invisible, it's floating above the crystal, and it looks pretty pissed off. Then that's three actions for Ted and uh, Alatus. Then we're going to go on to Dantal. Dantal, you're up. Okay, Dantal will rush in, which is first action, move 15 feet, get up in uh, the Globrazoo's face. Second action, I will enter my buckler dance stance which allows me to act as if I have raised shield. Okay, as long as you're in the stance. As long as I'm in that stance. So you don't have to take an action to raise shield every round. Correct. You just get the benefit. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. That's two actions. My third action, I'm going to attempt to trip him. I see. Okay. Trip is versus fortitude DC, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Trip is against reflex. Reflex DC. Okay. Yes. All right, let's see. Yeah, it trip is reflex, grapples fortitude. Ah, that's what it is. Not sure what shove is. I think shove might be fortitude as well. But we're not doing that now, so. So this is an athletics check against his reflex DC. And I roll a 19 for a total of 49. Christ almighty. I am a legendary athletics. That is a critical success. So here we are with the Titan Wrestler feet getting use in both with the Wemoth and with the Lebrezru demon. Uh, <laughs> so he lands prone and takes a whopping 1d6 bludgeoning damage. That seems way... That should scale somehow. It doesn't scale at all, does it? No, it doesn't. Well... He takes one damage from tripping and falling. <laughs> ouch. That hurt. I think he might have just pissed it off more than anything. Yeah, but he's down now. Yeah. 
down. All right, good old melee battlefield control action here. So that's my turn. All right, then after Dantal, it's Hagger. That does also give me panache. Oh, it does. Yes, have... trip, a trip a lot gives me panache. Got it. Nice. All right, then that's going to lead us up to Hagger. I'll take out my magic wand of seventh level haste. Oh, Ooh. shit. Casting it on Dantal, Hemlock, and Aladdis, and Hager. Nice. What does it do? It gives you an extra stride or strike action. Nice. So the uh, three action economy has been raised to four actions by the party. Does not really help casters. You don't get another, like, you can't, like, do two spells. Yeah, it's lame. Use for. So I mean, you could cast a three-action spell and then get the fuck Move out of somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So it can be useful, but that was pretty. That's pretty typical. It was like that one e two. Casters don't miss it. Is that is that three actions to cast that, or oh, you had to interact to pull all the bombs? I mean, I still could move again because I just cast haste on myself. I suppose. Yeah, if you want to stride, go ahead. I'm invisible, you? so I don't care. You're just gonna pass. All right, sweet. Okay, so Hagger the Invisible casts haste on the party. But I'm fighting a demon. I'm pretty sure he's looking right at me. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's looking right at you. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you a little nod. All right. Then after Hagger, this creature above the crystal materializes for everybody, not just not just Alatus. And as it materializes, it spends one action to dismiss a spell is what that was. And then he, and then it's going to use a two-action special monster maneuver called Whale, and I need everybody to give me a plug my ears. Or is it like W A L E? W A I L. Oh, I thought it'd be funny to say like you know, Whale falls out of the sky. <laughs> exactly. He's got, got, getting a little bit of. Uh... Hitchhiker's Guide going on. I was going to say, and then a potted plant falls down. And then a potted plant. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Yes, uh, this is, yes, it's going to wail. This particular action has the auditory auditory concentrate uh, traits, as well as a couple of other traits that I don't really feel like saying out loud right now. But everybody is going to need to give me a fortitude save. I get a 27. Uh, Alanis gets a 43. Damn. Tree. Tree. Dantal will use his reaction to activate Charmed Life to give him a plus two to this save. Charmed Life, baby. I get a 44. Roll a 19 on that. All right. Hagger gets a 31. Hemlock gets a 27. Uh, Alatus, 43. And Dantal gets a 44. Hagger, you fail. Oh no. Hemlock, you critically fail. Ugh. And Alatus and Dantal, you succeed. So I'm about to roll 8d10. Alatus, Dantal, Hagger are going to take this damage that I roll. All three of you. Hemlock is going to take twice the amount of damage I roll here. Good, good. Alright, here comes. Roll 8 once. 8d10. That is so trash. I love it. That's a sh- Those are shit rolls. Uh, I will take it. Wow, 26 is what I rolled on 8d10. Okay. This is negative damage, if it makes a difference to anybody. Negative. Hagger, here's my favorite part. Hagger, you are drained three. And Hemlock, 
You are drained four. What does that even mean? Drained? Wow. Are you going to do it, Spencer? Go Take ahead. a status penalty equal to your drain value on constitution-based checks, such as fortitude save. You also lose a number of hit points equal to your level, minimum one, times the drain value, and your maximum hit points are reduced by the same amount. Each time you get a full night's rest, your drain value decreases by one. So I lose 15 of my max HP. Well, that's dumb. Because it's your drain value is three. Three times 15 at your level. You're going to take a lot more than 15 off your... off your. Oh, yeah, sorry. I took 45. Yeah. yeah, 45. David Hemlock is going to take a whopping 55. 60. 60. Sorry, math got bad. 60 HP off of your total. Goodness gracious. His drained is nasty, and it does not go away unless you rest. So. Oh, good. That is its turn. The screaming lady above the crystal. This whale is going to resonate through the round. Does she come up visible? I mean, visible. She is visible now. And it is Hemlock's turn. Well, that was ridiculous. I am going to, well, first attempt to study. So let's make a perception check against its will DC. And is this the the creature above the crystal? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm not even going to be able to attack it. I have no kind of ranged things. Now I'll go for the Glabrazo. The treachery demon? The treachery demon, yeah. Yes, and what'd you get? A 41 to beat its will DC. 41 will overcome its will DC. Fantastic. With a success. Second thing I'll do is attempt to move up to it. And third thing I'll do before anything else is a battlement on myself. Okay. Uh, I am going to make the DC 30. And then uh, that means if I succeed, I heal, what was it? 2d8 plus 30. Plus. 30. Yeah. 2d8 plus 30, huh? Yes. I get a 42, so... So it's a critical success. It is a critical success. Ooh, that means I heal even more. 48, and a wounded condition is removed. So 48 plus 30, which is probably going to heal more than I can even heal. So that's 52 wounds that I heal. Isn't that exactly which what Which was exactly <laughs> what I had. Perfect. Okay, I'm done. All right. That is my turn. Hemlock studies the treachery demon, gets up in its grill, and then heals himself. Yep. All right. Then after Hemlock, the treachery demon, its little tiny man hands that it has, and this thing's it's a huge creature. So it's three by three on the battle map. This thing's like you know, 15, 20 feet tall, maybe. Um... But it's got human-sized arms underneath its giant pincers, and I, I, I'd call that out because it's just, they're creepy, right? But those little arms start drawing arcane symbols in the air, and they're red, and they're sparking, and it's... And it casts a spell. No momento. I was going to say, who's? Uh, I, I paused there for a reason. <laughs> I paused there very long for a reason. Did I'm you take up the ability counter, and I have a bunch of feats towards the counter. Counter spell, correct? Yeah. Oh, what's the spell? I mean, okay, so um, what do you need, like an arcane check here? I think you need to identify the spell first, right? Right, so what kind of So, he, it is uh, knowledge religion. How dare you? How dare I? <laughs> 
What? That's not a spell. Wouldn't it be a cult? Whatever, bloody blah. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And divine. The divine spell list is off the religion. Oh, it's okay. skill. Yeah, so it's being cast as a divine well, I, spell. I can't do it. From what I'm reading, I need to have it prepared, anyways. So. Oh, okay. Okay. I so that's not that counter. That's fucking stupid counter. Having the prepare bit, and I think it does it call out differences for dispel magic like it did in first edition. That's what I'm taking a look at. It makes it so like situational and stupid. What are you looking at? Is that the like I have to have it prepared? So like out of all the spells in the spell book, I have to have the same prepared spell that an enemy's gonna cast in order to counter it. Yeah, I, I don't did, have. I don't. Did two do E really go back to that? I th I thought that it was. Well, in one E, it's the same thing, except the only person, the only character that can successfully counter everything is the Arcanist. Well, and yeah. the other thing too is that in one E, you had to actually prepare an action to counter, where in this one, you can just do it. Is this a... Except for you can't. Um, it's a witch thing, right? Yeah. Counter spell. When a foe casts a spell... Oh, a, cast a spell you have prepared. You can yes. see its manifestation. I know, it's not even I know. It's prepared. It's fucking stupid. You expend a prepared spell to counter the triggering. But I mean, it's religion, so I don't have yeah. to prepare. Yeah, you're not going to be able to do that regardless. You're right. So the Glabrezu, the treachery demon, is doing its demonic incantations... He places down this large cylinder that you see. It kind of takes this purplish, purplish hue, and little pebbles oh, shit. start to rise up off of the floor. And Dantal and Hemlock and Hagger all start falling towards the ceiling. <laughs> The Glabrezru has just reversed gravity in this area. Creatures and objects that aren't secured to the ground immediately fall upward towards the top of the area. Now, a creature might be able to grab an edge to arrest its fall if it falls past an appropriate surface. Now, I want everybody uh, kind of take a look at the map. Haggard, you see where you're at right now? Definitely attempt to... Um, Slow my fall. I was gonna say you're you're in a position where you could attempt to arrest your fall. We haven't done this yet, but this is actually a basic action, and it's a reaction actually called grab an edge. So Hagger is falling upwards, and Hagger's sitting next to a wall. Hagger's gonna attempt to grab the ledges of the wall to stop herself from falling up. You can make a reflex save to attempt to grab that edge. Thirty-two. 32 will grab the edge. Okay, so Hagger is currently dangling off the wall, falling upwards. However, Dantal and Hemlock, you fall 40 feet up to the ceiling. Grab onto the girl, Bozzy Demon. Is there any way I can do that to try and grab onto the actual demon? Yeah, no, because I would say you'd have to have like some sort of grapple reaction. Grabbing, an, grabbing a ledge as you're about to fall is one thing, but grabbing onto a moving creature to try to stop your fall I think is another you guys grab each other ah, you guys could hug each other on your way up that's perfectly fine so yes uh, we haven't covered falling damage yet in Pathfinder when you fall a certain distance I feel like I should double check this but I'm almost certain that it's you just take damage equal to the amount of the feet feet fallen um, you take bludgeoning damage equal to half the distance you fell when you land. Oh, it's half the distance. Okay. 
you take any damage, you fall prone, you can grab an edge. It's a reaction to reduce the damage. In addition, if you fall into water, snow, or other, but nothing about making any kind of check to reduce the damage. It makes sense. Falling is falling. There is a cat. There's the cat fall skill feat. So you guys fall 40 feet up. And since you're not able to stop your fall up, you both are going to take 20 points of bludgeoning damage as you hit the ceiling. That was three actions. It is now back to the top of the order of round two, Alitus. I don't know how you'd respond to this happening right in front of him. The reverse gravity thing? <laughs> yeah, watching the people he just came here with just fall down. Step forward, you're like, fuck yeah, it, let's do this. It doesn't affect you at all. Yeah, and you literally could step right into it if you wanted to. Three actions? Can I do that on anybody's turn? Or is that just on my turn still? Three actions? Free. Uh, Not re, but free. What is it? Kippo. Stand up for free without triggering reactions. That's a good question. Free actions. Don't require you to spend any of your three single actions. It might have a trigger like reaction does. If so, you can use it just like a reaction, even if it's not on your turn. However, you can only use one free action per trigger. So does it have a trigger? No, it doesn't look like it. Kip-Up doesn't have a trigger, so you'll have to wait no. to your turn, it looks like. Okay, that's fine. Doesn't make a huge difference. Yeah. So, Alan, do you want to jump into the anti-gravity field? Um, well, first, I'm going to use my free action to charge my positive movements more. Ah, so the bright light around Alitus gets 10 feet wider. It's now a 20-foot diameter, or 20-foot emanation. Next, I'm going to fire off a 8th-level sunburst at the enemies. An 8th-level sunburst? Yes. Okay, and who are you aiming this at? Uh, the, I'm going to aim it like just behind the banshee because okay. it it's a 60 foot burst uh-huh. so I, uh-huh. I want to make sure it doesn't hurt my friends you on the ceiling don't want to <laughs> hurt your ceiling friends got it so this is a 60 foot burst a powerful globe of searing sunlight explodes in the area dealing 8d10 fire damage to creatures and objects in the area plus 8d10 additional positive damage to undead creatures each mm. creature and object in the area must af- attempt a reflex save Oh no, Ped. What? <sighs> Stop trivializing my encounters. <laughs> I rolled the reflex saves. Oh, oh my god, I critically failed. <laughs> oh Treacher my demon god. gets a 22. The Banshee, in case you guys hadn't figured that out yet, the Banshee gets a 31, which is a failure. Hey, that critical failure makes it blinded permanently. Holy shit! It does! (laughs) You just done fucked my day up, Ted. Yep, there it goes. Done fucked my day up real good. Can I roll damage? (laughs) Yeah, roll damage. Roll damage on the Glabrezu, just the fire damage. Oh, there's 90 10. Oh, that's the critical failure, too, isn't it? Wait, yeah, it should be. No, you said for the Glabrezu, which is just a regular failure. No, the Glabrazu was a critical oh, failure. Oh, never mind. But a critical failure still is just full damage. Oh, that's right. It is just full damage. Yeah, it doesn't take the, double The damage. critical is the blinded. Correct. Yeah. Okay, so aside from being blinded, the, the treachery demon takes 53 points of fire damage. This is just absolute fireball. This light from the sun erupts in the center of this dark cavern. Now go ahead and deal the fire damage to the Banshee. 
Actually, just drop the damage on it. I want to see what happens. I want to see what Fantasy Grounds does to it. Nice. It's regular 49 damage. Oh, and it only did uh, 8d10. Let's do a little modification here, Ted. Okay, so roll an additional d10. Okay, I'll add that on. Three more damage. I need you to do another d, another 90 10 worth of damage. It's positive damage? Positive damage this time. I'm pretty sure I'm, she's I'm rolling pretty average. 50, 52, 53. Okay, okay. So the Treachery Demon takes a bunch of fire damage. The Banshee that's hi- hovering above the crystal takes a bunch of fire and positive energy damage. So the Banshee took 18 d10 damage with the seventh level spell heightened to eighth level sunburst yeah well done damage damage what else you do there alatus i'm a tree (laughs) (laughs) tree that sets things on fire yes yes one round left and don't forget haste if it makes any difference to you it's true i did i do nothing with my third action i'm gonna make a suggestion yeah recall knowledge on the banshee oh true I can do that. Religion? Yeah. Or a cult, technically. 32? Don't know enough about this thing. Okay. Never seen one in the woods before. So then after Alatus, it is Dantal's turn. Dantal, you're on the ceiling. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Now I just have to decide what I want to do. <laughs> I'm gonna, I feel like I'm going to take this damage anyway, so I'm going to basically jump out of the reverse gravity. Okay. So you jump out of the effect and fall 40 feet back down to the to the ground? Yes. Okay, gotcha. And you don't have to, like, you're making a stride action, essentially, right? Essentially, yes. And I take 20 damage for falling. All right. You take 20 damage. Um, well, actually, to be clear, I first have to use Kip Up. Which is a free action. Which is a free action. Do that. Fall 20 feet. Take damage. Kip Up again. Kip Up again. It is a free action. It is a free action. <laughs> Good thing you have it. That would take a lot of your actions away from it, this. It really would. Um, so how many actions have you used to do this then? Just, just one? Just one. Nice. So you have three actions left. That could technically be one of your your hasted stride action, too. You could, I, uh, yeah. Yes, it could. There's nothing in the haste spell, Spencer, that tells you you have to take it at the beginning or the end of your other actions, does it? And one additional, or additional strike. So it's it's open, yeah. So that you have three actions. And he never stood up, right? He's still prone. He's still prone, yeah. And he's blinded, by the way. Yeah, yeah I haven't looked up what blinded act really does. I it? have. All normal terrain is difficult terrain to you. You can't detect anything using vision. You automatically critically fail perception checks that require you to be able to see. And if vision is your only precise sense, you take a minus four status minus four status penalty to perception checks. Use my confident finisher to attack him. So I get a forty to hit. Forty does hit. Just not like a critical, huh? Uh, not a critical, no. And yeah, since it's my finisher, I get precise strike damage as an additional five d six damage. Also, overall, I do fifty three damage to him. Wow. 53. So. Solid hit. 24 normal, 2 acid, 4 sonic, and 23 precision. Alright. Boy. He's already on the ground, so I can't trip him. Nope. On the ground, blinded. 
on the yeah. ground blinded. Seriously. Can I shove an opponent that's on the ground? Uh, that's a good question. I Get doubt it's a prerequisite. It the, uh, area effect. <laughs> Whoa, That'd man. actually be kind of cool. That actually would be really cool. Look it up. Um, Do it. Promise it would probably hit you, Hemlock. <laughs> yeah, nah. he'd totally fall on you. What kind of chance is that? Tiny chance. I, 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 don't, I don't know, man. That, that's a big thing, and it's falling right at you. I think it's a tiny chance that you don't get hit. Um, so let's say just an athletics check against a fortitude DC. That's correct. So first action was a stride. Second action was an attack. Third mm-hmm. action, can I get behind him anyway? Not can I? Like, can uh, I what, get what's your movement here? speed? Um, well, I just used my panache, so it's only 40 right now. Okay. I mean, you could walk around the crystal to get to that spot with 40 feet. Okay. So you, you walk around the crystal at the back of the treachery demon, and then what do you do? Then I will shove him. You are going to fucking shove him into the into reverse his, gravity. Into his own reverse gravity. Oh, boy. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's see how this goes for big boy here. See, he's Maybe. getting shoved. So as soon as he hits that gravity, he's going to keep his trajectory going to keep going forward much farther than where I am. That's just physics. I mean, he's got a point. We'll see well, how hard I yeah, shove I was going to say, it depends <laughs> on how hard that you shove him. Um, problem is this is my second attack. You're going to get the minus five. Oh, and then I don't roll well at all. Action point it. It's too cool. It is too cool. I'll action point. I'll use my action point for the day. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Make that roll again. Make it better than a 28. Still not great. You've got, well, what? I get a total, total of 35. That is a failure. Lame. And failure just means nothing happens. I believe so. And the shove, is that what it says? Nothing? Yeah. It just has no failure effect. So. No. That Dantel, it like puts his, I figured Dantel puts his boot on the Glabrezu and tries to like shove him towards the the anti-gravity field but he couldn't quite make it then after Dan Tall we come to Hagger who is currently hanging on to the ledge of this wall for her dear life lest she fall into the ceiling what if I want to attempt to like crawl stride south out of this thing I'd give you a climb on that okay I also want a preference if I fail I'm still gonna keep you could grab an edge again, because that was last turn that you did it, and you get a new reaction. Right, so yes, well, I'll try one attempt, the first attempt here to move south with untrained strength. <laughs> All right, let's see it. Four. Fuck no. Uh, I mean, I'm, all I'm trying to do is make it this way, and I don't care if I fall doing so. Oh, really? I'm just okay. using the wall to help me get closer, so... Okay, gotcha. Then yeah, you you will start falling. Are you gonna try to arrest the fall by grabbing a ledge again? Is that just a reaction? Yeah, just reaction. You can do it again. Can I? Am I still making progress south, or have I, did I just make like five feet? I would say you did five feet with that. Nah, fuck it. We're good. I'll just keep. I'll arrest the fall with the reaction. All right, then go ahead and make a reflex save. I just needed five feet. Thirty-seven. Well, good. You got your five feet, and you grabbed the edge again, and you're hanging on for dear life again. But you've made it. Taking full advantage of the tree turning this guy blind, uh-huh. I will be trapping him inside a maze. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> what are the perception critical fail? Wait, what? Did you say all perceptions are critical fails? Uh, anything sight based. Oh fuck yeah! All right. 
Oh, what? Once each turn, the target can spend one action to attempt a perception check against the spell to escape the maze. Uh, 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 Alright, I will also oh say, God. it is a survival check, so he does not chance. He can also do a survival check. But I still think... Okay, hold on a second. So this is the spell maze, right? Yeah, I'm teleporting him into a different plane that is just a fucking maze. It's just a maze. Okay. Let me get a couple couple points of order here real quick. Uh, what are the casting actions? Semantic? Semantic and verbal. Climbing requires you to use both. I don't care. I'll fucking do it as I'm falling to the ground. <laughs> okay, I figured, I figured after knowing that you would just fall. So I'm cool with that. All right. So uh, all that stuff we were talking about before, uh, Hagrid just falls. But I and arrested several times. I got to be like probably like... I was gonna say you're only actually gonna take ten damage because you were already ten feet up, and then you fell ten feet more. So by the time you actually fall to the ceiling, you'll take ten damage. You fell twenty feet. Okay, so then yes, that was just you letting go. I'll rewind a bit on that. So you still have three actions. Well, I cast the spell, and that's two actions. Yeah. Okay, got it. Got it. I have to pull up maze. Does that have to uh, make a save? Don't worry about it. Nope, there's no save. And nothing happens until it's his turn. There's He's no save? He is currently in a maze. Holy shit. He's just one. He's oh, gone. Yeah. We can't see him. Yeah, He's gone. Dumb. He's in another dimension. I was going to do the Banshee, but like it was blind. It was too fucking perfect. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know it's going to be harder for us to kill the Banshee because she's blind. But I don't give a shit. You may have actually completely removed this thing from combat. <laughs> How long does it last, did you say? Uh, he has to fight his way out of the maze. A successful uh, roll on his, uh, well, it's going to have to be survival because he can't do perception or he'll just correct. critically fail. Yes. The target is on the right path to the exit. If the target was already on the right path, he successfully escapes the maze. Critical success, uh. the target escapes and the spell ends. Failure, the target makes no pro pro progress. Critical failure, he loses his right path if he had one. And uh, as far as duration is concerned, it's sustained. So if, uh, if Spencer wants to keep, if Hagger wants to keep this one up, uh, Hagger's going to have to cackle or sustain a spell. One of the two. The obvious choice here is... <laughs> All right. Sweet. So the treachery demon is currently trapped inside of a maze. So he's gone off the map. Bye bye. Oh, actually, I can't use Gackle. Not, the not yet. To hear you. The target needs to be able to hear you. Oh I shit! A different plane, so. Oh, so you're gonna have to sustain a spell yeah. instead of Cackle. Lame. A flavor that you can cackle. And come on. <laughs> Jesus, what's what is? What else is a witch supposed to cackle at then? I imagine I just like cackling sounds in this other plane. Like, this <laughs> dude's gotta be like just freaking following the fuck out. you. Hell yes. <laughs> he's blind. He was fighting some people. This guy's so fucked. All right, then, uh, after Hager, well done, very well played turn, it is the Banshee's turn. The Banshee is going to use its first action to fly right down to Dantal. Um, so does she move past me, then? Are you looking for an attack of opportunity? Yes. Sure, take it. I'll use my first ever attack of opportunity. Yay! Yay. At least in Tui. This is at my full base, I believe, because that does not have anything to do with multiple attack penalties. Yeah, attack of opportunities. I know it's our first time really touching attack of opportunity, period. Um, but it, the multiple attack penalty does not affect attack of opportunity at all. 
Um, so I get only a 31 to hit it. A 31 will miss. Okay. Okay. Well, that is my wonderful attack. And then after the Banshee uh, uses its first action to stride over to Dantal, it's going to reach out and touch Dantal. It doesn't. It, she doesn't even ask for consent and rolls a 20 on the dice. Oh my god. Jesus. Action point to make her re-roll. <laughs> nope. That's a critical hit. Oh my hit. god. Her first Fif- fucking roll and it's a 52. I mean, that's a critical regardless of the fact that <laughs> it is. That's true. It's All a right. 20. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and let's roll this critical hit. This is 8d10 plus 28 damage. Dantal is going to take 69 damage. Nice. Nice. Not nice. That really hurt. That was a single strike action from Da Banshee. You are going to have to give me a will save. Oh, that's a wonderful 32. 32 is a critical failure. Hell yeah. On a critical failure, you are currently frightened to from the terrifying touch ability from the banshee touching you. So, first of all, you're terrified, or you're frightened, too. Now, frightened gives you basically a status penalty to all of your effect, all of your DCs to the tune of the frightened value. In this case, that's two. So, Dantel takes a minus two to basically everything. But you are also stunned Four, as you cower with fear. Nice. Since this is another uh, first for us, stunned is you cannot act while stunned. It includes value, in this case four, and that value indicates how many total actions you lose. <laughs> so, on your turn, you're going to lose all... Th- Actually, you're hasted. You're just going to lose your turn on all four of your actions. Great. I'll be here, guys. All right. (laughs) Then after that, I do need to... That was, what, a stride action and a melee attack, if I remember correctly. Meaning whatever is just a one action? What, doing that attack? Yeah. Yeah, it was. In fact, I'm about to do it again. At a minus five. At a minus five. But yes, I am about to do it again. Get ready for the pain, Dantal. Oh, probably fucking crit again. Did a 42 to hit. Not a crit? Not a crit, no. Not a crit, just regular hit. Okay. Here comes another 4d10 damage. This time you're going to take 35 damage. Dantal is looking bad. Really, really bad. Dantal's looking real bad. Then that's the Banshee's turn. After the Banshee, it is Hemlock. It's your turn. Hemlock, you're on the ceiling. Took a really long time. Yeah. Uh, I spend an action to activate my winged boots, which give me fly for 10 minutes. Is that one action? It is two, I believe. And um, for my other two actions, I'm just going to try and get up to this banshee. I don't know how much movement it's going to take to get to her. Well, what's your flight speed on the boots? Uh, it's just going to be my normal movement speed, which is 30. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. We are 40 feet up on the ceiling. Dantal and it are on the floor, which is 40 feet below you, and you're an additional 20 feet away. So it's about 60 feet of movement. That is not how triangles work at all. Yeah, Pythagorean, uh, etc. Yeah, okay, all right. Like 50 feet of movement. I'll take uh, my two actions to get up to her, and that'll be my turn. 
You are currently to the bitch. You're flanking the banshee. And that'll be the end. It's it's all like not in a viable combat. (laughs) Not really, no. I don't I think you're right. I don't think there's any flanking happening. He's literally stunned. He's cowering in fear. Um alright. And then the hemlock. So two actions to activate the boots, two actions to stride into position. That is correct. That's what phenomenal. The Look at that. My my turn took all of thirty seconds, and now I'm going to be waiting another half hour. Hey, welcome to the game. Uh, the Glabrezu <laughs> needs to make a survival check. survival check. Doesn't have one of those. <laughs> Sucks to suck. Sucks to suck. <laughs> Roll it anyways. Wait, wait. He doesn't have it. It's trained. Oh, it's not. It's not a record. It's not a. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't actually it know how that works. Great. Yeah, it's not trained. You don't have to be trained, so but I'm trying to untrained. be. But but your plus to it is going to be really really yeah, bad. All he's going to get is his wisdom. Yeah, that, that's what I'm getting at here. What's the DC he has to overcome? Thirty six. Uh, it is literally <laughs> impossible for him to succeed. <laughs> it is. It's just impossible for him. Well, to in that succeed. case, the target makes no progress towards escape. Shit. <laughs> So if you sustain this spell, you, you have this thing trapped rounds. here indefinitely. He is indefinitely trapped for a hundred Because <laughs> that's as long as you can sustain a spell, right? <laughs> oh my god. Alright, well, the Glabrezu's gonna try and fail to escape this gate. Escape. Escape the maze. Uh, which brings us to the top of round three, Alatus. Philip just fucked up the monster. Just oh, he's gone. another plane. Like, <laughs> just... Gone. Okay, uh, so I'm going to activate my cloak the bat and grow some uh, bat wings. Oh. Takes two actions and then okay. I'm going to fly across. Flying through the negative gravity? Yep. Okay, alright. How many strides do you take for that? I'm going to take two to get into the room. Okay, so that's all four of your actions, correct? Yes. Alright, two to activate the bat wings, two to stride into the room and get some position. After Alatus, Dantal, you are now frightened. Oh, one. Wait. I charge up a positive luminance too. That's a free Ooh. action. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Something really important is going to happen on the Banshee's turn because of that. Remind me, okay? Okay. All right, then Dantal, you are now frightened one because it reduces the value, um, but you're stunned four. You lose all four of your haste actions. All three normal, one haste gone. It's Tiger's turn. Um, so just to clarify, do I have reactions since I am no longer stunned? Now? Yes. You're not. You're no, You're not stunned because okay. All four of those, the stun value four was reduced for each action you had on your turn. It's the end of your turn. You had four actions. You're no longer stunned. Okay. Just wanted to make sure of that. All right. Then Hagger, it is your turn. Well, I'll sustain my spell to keep this poor guy in a place for a long time. <laughs> um, well, I will use two actions to command and interact with my flying broom, having me go uh, 40 feet. Yeah. Okay. So Hagger's going to bust out the, the, the broomstick, fly through the negative gravity. And I think I only have two strides left because... The broom specifically states command and interact, so I don't. Haste doesn't 
allow me to do anything else. Ah, uh, that's true, and you had to sustain a spell for Mr. Guy. You only have either a strike or a stride action right now. Alright, um... I'm just trying to see if I can move anymore. I don't know if I'm like just stuck on this broom. How far up in the air would you say? I moved straight 40. Let's see. Five. Oh, you're four. Oh, because you were on the ceiling. So the fe- the oh, ceiling's 40, 40 feet right up here. So if I moved like diagonally right there, you would only use one stride instead of two. Is that what you're getting? Man, interact. I tell it to just go 40 feet this way. And oh, okay. Right here. Got it. And then I'll use the additional 20 feet to, for just movement to get to the ground. So I'm on the ground level. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. And I'll be done. Okay. Then after Haga, it's the Banshee's turn. The Banshee is going to. Uh oh. Oh right, Ted. Is it like my my light? That's that's what I need to figure out. Uh, the Banshee has sunlight powerlessness. Oh jeez. And it specifically calls out if in direct sunlight, the Banshee is slowed one and can't use actions that have the attack trait. I don't know if it's considered sunlight. That's, it's, br- it's bright light, and it is the sun domain. But it's not sunlight. No, it doesn't call it sunlight. It's the sun domain, and it's called bright light in, in the actual description. Rough. Uh, no, I'm not going to allow you to trivialize the entire, entire encounter. It's not sunlight. Okay. So, okay, then on its turn, first it's going to uh, swipe at Dantal. Ready, bud? Yep. Does a 40 hit? Yeah. 40 hits. Here comes the deeps. 38 damage. Dantal's unconscious. Dantal goes down. Zero HP, and you now have the dying one condition. Well, immediately after knocking Dantal to the floor like a pile of sheets just dropped, he's going to turn around and swipe at Hemlock. Hemlock does a 45 hit you. Yes, but not critically. Good. Then you will take 33 points of damage. I cast the spell. Ouch. What's your spell? Drop dead. What? The target appears to fall down dead, though it actually turns invisible. It's illusory corpse remains where it fell, complete with a believable fatal wound. We talking about Dantal here? No. Yeah. No, oh, I'm, talk- I'm talking about Hemlock. <laughs> it's like play dead. Yeah. Okay, hold on. What's it's a spell? Yeah, drop dead. It's a fifth level spell. Okay, let me pull up drop dead. Wasn't the spell I was expecting you to cast. <laughs> Sounded like fun. It's a reaction. <laughs> a target within range. So the trigger is a target within range is hit by an attack from an enemy. It uses a reaction, 120 foot range. It's sustained, so you'd have to sustain it every round. Is it heightened to seventh, or is it just fifth level? It's just fifth level. Just fifth. Target appears to fall down dead. Actually turns invisible. And literally, corpse remains. Okay. Well. Hemlock, you're invisible, buddy. I stay down for now. She laughs in delight and flies 30 feet in the air, straight up. No, Hemlock, I do actually need you to give me a will save. Okay. The spell would help in deceiving, but it would not stop this effect. I get a 43. 43. You save... Therefore, nothing happens. Congratulations. Excellent. It is Hemlock's turn. 
Yes. Uh, I need to figure out if I can heal myself again or if I'm just fucked. I mean, take a potion. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's right. I've got a bunch of potions, don't I? 76 plus 18. So you have the greater version, not the major version. So okay. 76 plus 18. That's a lot of healing, man. It is. So uh, interact action to draw it, interact action to drink it. I guess so. That'll be what I do. There you go. So I heal 31. That's pretty abysmal. For those rolls? Yeah, dude. Look, oh, look at all those ones. I will study her with one action, so I'll make a perception check against her will DC. All right, let's do it. I get a 43. Ooh, just barely. That is a success. And I will fly up behind her, still invisible. Aha. All right. All right, I am done. Okay. Then after Hemlock, the poor treachery demon is going to fail another survival check. At this point, it's just crawling blind in the maze. I feel bad. Like, this is terrible. He's crying, I know. too. <laughs> He's a terrible <laughs> demon. <laughs> Anyways, Alidus, you're up. Uh, is a reaction? Did I use my free action? No, that's just your reaction. Okay. Uh, you can so still free- use reactions. Reaction to charge up my positive luminance again. How many? Uh, is that three now, or is that your fourth? That is three. Got it. Okay. Well, I started on the first round. What round are we on? This is the top of round four. So this is your fourth one. Started at eight. It would be at 32 right now, then. So your pool is at 32. Yeah. The actual emanation is a 30-foot emanation of bright light. Correct. Got it. So I'm going to dismiss positive luminance as a single action. And I'm going to put the positive energy I've been storing up into Dental. Sweet. That works. So what exactly so does that do? It just heals them for whatever the reservoir value was. Okay. So 32 HP to Dental. I gained 32 hit points. Yep. yep. It's been building up. How many do you get around? Eight? I get eight per round, and I can do it for one minute. So it basically builds up, and it gains how much it can heal all at once. Wasn't there another thing you can do with it instead of heal somebody, too? I'm, I can fire it off of undead, and it's just straight damage, no save. It actually would have been useful here, too. It would have been, but Dantal's at zero HPA. So. Yeah. So, Dantal, you are up to 32, and you have the wounded one condition. Correct. All right. Alidus, is that your turn, or is that only one action of your turn? That's one action. Uh, a second uh, action will be sustaining the invisibility on Hemlock. All right. Thanks, man. Just leave that on there until you're ready. And then my uh, attempt to do this. Well, I'm going to move. You said she flew 30 feet up? Yep, straight up. I'm going to make sure I'm still within 30 feet of her. You're going to have to go right underneath her then. I mean, I could just fly. I'm in the air. Oh, that's right. You could just fly up closer. I forget about that. Okay. Yeah. So I'll just fly up a little bit higher so I'm still within 30 feet. And I'm going to start my positive luminance back up as my fourth action. Now, hold on a second. Where's your curse at right now? This is going to move into major. Okay. Which... I have not talked about. We've never done. No. Positive Luminance is pretty straightforward. We just saw it. The major curse, however, it actually envelops 
Alatus and Flames. Yes, I now have a 5-foot aura of fire that deals 2d6 fire damage to all other creatures in the area, or in the aura, uh, at the start of each of my turns with a basic reflex save. And I lose 2d6 hit points at the end of each round with no save. Fantastic. So, so that, like, could eventually kill you. Correct. Curses. How do you get rid of it? How, I have how to, do you... I have to spend my 10 minutes to, like, you know how you build your focus back up? Yeah. I use 10 minutes to reduce my curse. But what if it... So it, it could it, easily kill you during mo- that 10 minutes. No, the moment I start that 10 minutes, it ceases oh, it's, to... Okay. Yeah, they, they actually call that out in the rules specifically. Because okay. I, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, how does this not kill me? <laughs> yeah, and you can actually... I think you can spend a certain number of actions to suppress. Yeah. It's, a, it's a single action. Single action, so he could. So it's a single concentrate action. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I understand now. That makes more sense. But currently, I got a shit ton of HP, so I figure if I'll get and positive luminous is fine. Start back at start back at eight, and that's all four my actions. Okay. Well, there we go, Alatus. After you start on fire and whatnot, it is Dantal's turn. Dantal, you. I would actually move. I should actually be right before the Banshee, since I went down. That's right. So it's Hagger's turn. I mean, that doesn't—that just changes me down after Hagger, but it's true. But yeah. So it's Hagger's turn. All right. Sustain, poor man. Sustaining again. That poor son of a bitch. And I'll move like t- ten feet closer, ten feet up. In the action. Yeah. I'm gonna cast Ice Tomb. It's one of my hexes. Nice. Now hold up a second. Hold up. Something happened when the Banshee moved. It has this ability called... I don't know if this is going to change what you do. It has this ability called Spectral Ripple. When a Banshee strides at least 10 feet, they're concealed until the start of their next turn. So when a creature is concealed, if you want to target them with an attack or with a spell, you have to roll a DC5 flat check in order to successfully target them. That's convenient that I have Eye of Fortune. Triggered, you attack a concealed or hidden creature and haven't attempted the flat check yet. There you go. Then yeah. Flat check for the concealed or hidden condition twice. Sweet. So then yes. Now is this a hex? No, it's an an item I bought. Oh, nice. Level 13 eyepiece. Nice. Glad you're getting to use it. So you roll your flat check twice. twice. They're both over. 16, I'll take it. All right, sweet. So then you are able to target the creature. All right, I'll target her with Icy Tomb, requiring a Fortitude save. From her? All right. Fortitude save incoming. A 30. Uh, she needed 36, so she, she failed. fails. Target takes full damage, which is 14d6. Chet? Okay. Fourteen d six on a hex. Damn. I think it does more too, doesn't it? Yes, it does. We'll get there in a second, though. Forty one. Forty one damage. That's not, not a great. <laughs> the target takes full damage. She's also slowed one, and must make a fortitude save at the end of each of her turns. This ongoing save has an incapac incap. Aww. Incapacitation. Oh my god. <laughs> Incapacitating. Incapacitation trait. That's a mumps fucking. It is. No, you got it, man. On a failed save, the slowed condition increases by one. 
Holy shit! A successful save reduces it by one. When the creature is unable to move for a full turn, she becomes an ice tomb. They are completely encased in ice. The ice has a hardness of four and eight hit points. Breaking the ice from the outside frees the creature. But the target, yeah, yeah, she can't. How does she how does that herself. how's that square with being incorporeal? I mean, the I, I the slowed condition is gonna happen for sure. Because I would there. assume she just becomes stunned like she did to Danto. I suppose it kind of makes sense. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there because yeah. we might not cross that bridge. Might be dead before that. Yeah. But it is... She's currently slowed one. She is slowed one. And it's her turn? No, it's Dantal. Okay, it is my turn. I am basically dead. It's 30 feet in the air. It's 30 feet in the air, which is perfectly fine with me. Okay. I'm going to bust out one of my own magic items. Ooh. I am going to reach into my knapsack of halfling kind. <laughs> I don't know what it does, but I love that name. It's actually the greater version of the knapsack of Halfling Kind. Okay, and what does it do? Well, in this case, I'm going to reach into my third compartment, which is lined with a plush purple velvet and contains a berry, berry tarts. <laughs> okay. You're pulling um, tarts out? Yep. I I can unwrap and eat one tart with an interact action to regain 48 plus 8 hit points. <laughs> <laughs> It cre- a- creates four tarts per day, which appear at breakfast time. Dantal eats some pastries. That I is half one kind. So I eat, I eat one berry tart to get regain 48 plus 8 points. All right. Let's see it. It actually does a lot more than that. That's well, such a cool effect, though. 30 guesses. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, yeah, that knapstick of half one kind actually has five compartments. And each one does something so awesome. Each one does something different. The first one is a type 2 bag of holding. The second two contains cookware and cooking utensils. Of course. Which automatically clean themselves and reappear an hour later. (laughs) The third one is the tart pouch. Fourth one contains a golden velvet, which contains a lucky magic sling bullet, which I can use to roll twice and use the better result on my attack and damage roll. It's used once per day. And the fifth one I can use essentially as dimension door. Would you like to hop anybody. into it? Once per day, I can unfold the compartment into a five foot diameter portal on the ground. The first person to step into the portal from an adjacent square is teleported away. This has wow. the same effect as a fifth level dimension door spell, except for the affected creature takes the knapsack with them. That's really cool. When the portal is used or at the start of your next turn, if it hasn't been used, the compartment closes automatically and can't be unfolded until the next day. So, yep. That's pretty freaking hilarious. And everyone's pulling out their magic items. I like it. All right. Show what's going on, right? So, Dantal, you ate a tart. Are you just sitting on the ground eating pastries? Is that your thing? Um, Well, so that's one interact. suppose you have to kip up. I'll keep up. I can actually. Doesn't say I'm limited to how many times I can do it in one round. And there's up to four tarts. So we're gonna just spend four interact actions eating pastries. <laughs> I mean, not four, because your hasted action has to be either a stride or a strike. Oh right, so three. Say, so, I mean, yeah, you can still shove a bunch of pastries in your gullet. 
This sounds like the best character in the world, or the best item in the world. I need this for David. <laughs> Not one of David's characters. Just, just David. for me. So yeah, I think I'm just gonna do it again. You're just gonna eat a bunch of pastries. Yeah. I'm right, so, a whole ton of hit points. So while Dantal's stuffing his face, uh <laughs> we're gonna go down to the Banshee. It's the Banshee's turn. Um, and I'm actually not going to kip up. I'm going to lay on the ground and do this so that oh. maybe it looks less like I'm going to stand up, like I'm doing anything. Okay, okay. So the Banshee is slowed one because of Hagger's Ice Tomb Hex. The Banshee is going to look down at Dan Tall and it's just going to shriek, Why won't you die? <laughs> and then it's going to uh, use its whale again. The uh, 1d4 rounds has passed, which means everybody is going to need to give me a will on oh, no, fortitude save. Fortitude save. Let's see. Hagger is going to fail. Alidus is going to fail. Hemlock is going to fail. Dantal is going to succeed. So three failures and a success. The three failures will take 8d8 of negative damage. It's 41 damage. Goodness gracious. To everybody takes 41 damage. For those of you who failed, I don't know if the drained condition can stack. Instead of worrying about that, who doesn't have the drained condition? I don't. I don't. Okay, now you both... Well, no, Swanee doesn't because he succeeded. Alidus, you have drained condition. Mm-hmm. You are drained one. Alidus is drained one. And since the Banshee is slowed, the only thing it can do is wail because it's two actions. Hagger, Ice Tomb means that the Banshee has to... Fortitude. Fortitude, okay, got it. And this is to prevent from being slowed by one more. Ah! Oh, she is now slowed two. Are you sure? I rolled a one on the dice. Is there a critical failure effect? Oh, sorry, that's a critical failure. Uh, the target doubles the damage, and it's, uh, it doesn't look like I can, she can critically fail after the fact. Sustained because the critical failure inside the spell, she takes double damage and initially slowed too. So initial looks the would have been one. higher. So, first so okay, she just fails and goes then down. it's slowed. Oh wait, too. sorry. The slowed condition increases by one or two on a critical failure. So oh. she's slowed three. She's slowed three right now. Yeah, she's fucking... What the creature's unable to act, it d- deletes one action. So she has three actions, she now has zero. Fantastic. Now, slowed is different from stunned, because in stunned, you get rid of the, the value for stunned uh, every time you lose an action. For slowed, you just lose the action for the value for whatever the duration is. So if you're slowed one for one minute, you always lose one action every round. So I don't know how you want to do it for incorporal. Technically, she turns into ice right now. But being incorporal, she would technically just... Wait, yeah. so could, could she have wailed, or did she not move towards me? She didn't move. Okay. It just has the emanation to reach you. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, real quick, I'm going to look up the incorporal trait and the spirit trait. All it, yeah, all it does is it says it can pass through solid objects, including walls. But here's the thing. It's slowed, right? Yeah. So this is almost worse for it. 
if you were a corporal creature and you got frozen, you could just attempt to break out and you get the stun one condition and then you, you know, move on. Uh, well, now she's slowed three. Um, if she can be frozen, she can just fly right out of it, but... Oh, you're just saying she's consistently slowed three. She's slowed three. She can't be frozen. That's a physical, like, restrainer, right? But the cold damage is still slowing her down. So, yeah. Hemlock, it's your turn. Alrighty. So, I am right behind her now. You are. And... Visible. So, is there a block of ice where she is? Yeah. So, the da- he would, we would have to, to hurt her, we essentially have to break through this ice. Now. I suppose that's true. Really? I suppose that's true. But I suppose Ice Tomb, the whole idea is, is it covers them in so much covers ice. Covers them in ice, yeah. But she can't be covered in ice. I know, I'm going to say that's not the case. Yeah, that'd be very silly. I think I think this I think this particular hex is interacting strangely with incorporeal creatures. It's like a frozen um, mist. Yeah, yeah, I guess. So I I'll am say going you to attack it normally. Sorry to interrupt, okay. but yes, go no, ahead. You can attack it normally. Right. I'm going to take two more actions to take another potion because uh, I'm very injured, and I roll better on this one. I get 46. Then I will. As one, no, I already studied her, so now I'm just going to take my attacks on her. Make sure I'm doing this right. I'm going to do studied strike. I get a 39 to hit her. 39 does hit. Does um, electric damage deal damage to her? Yes, depending on how much damage you do. Also, she's immune to precision damage. Oh, is she? Yeah. Go. Then that's worthless. Is that the only benefit? Yep. Adding precision? Okay. Yeah, just skip yep. it and just do your normal damage then. Well, it'd be very little. So I deal 11 damage of normal damage plus another one electric. All right. You deal no damage to the Banshee. Sounds about right. The weapon just kind of passes right through her and you become visible again. And she looks startled to see you, except for she, she, she doesn't actually. She doesn't look startled. So I just realized that she has imprecise heartbeat sense. She, can she knew hear, I was there the whole time. Hear your heartbeat within she, 60 feet. She knew someone was there. She, she didn't know it was him. True. He's still dead on the ground. <laughs> still, still, yeah, yeah, he's still got the, the, that, that body at the bottom. It's slightly surprising. <laughs> who it is, not that someone was there. <laughs> well, I'll try and attack her again because I've got literally nothing else to do. All right. Also, you rolled like crap on your damage. Sure did. I got a 28 to hit. 28 hits. I'm done. All right. Then after Hemlock, the poor demon crawls on its hands and knees through the maze, crying himself. He's not even crawling. He's just curled up in the fetal position now. Alatus, it is your turn. I keep forgetting about that demon. <laughs> <laughs> So I will start by doing uh, my free action to store more light in my luminance or whatever. Okay. Positive energy. So okay. I'm at the 16 there. I'm going to fire a searing light. Height, height, height into 8th level at her. Oh, shit. 8th uh, level. And also discharge my positive luminance into her. I'm just going to throw a fucking everything at her. Trying to kill her. You're just going to blow her up, huh? I'm going to try. I want to okay. go to bed. <laughs> that, that's, that's basically it. That's, right. that's tired. He's done. Let's dive uh, into this then. Searing light. 
is going to deal a shit ton of damage. Yeah, it's a ranged attack, so there's my roll. Can I hero point it? Have you hero pointed yet? No. Then yeah, go nuts, bro. You rolled a 10, got a 35. He knows it's not enough to hit, so he's going to hero point. 40 is a hit. Hot damn, 40 does hit. So this will do 30d6. Okay, wait, what? Yeah, it's 15d6 of regular holy, uh, like, light damage or whatever, fire damage. Uh-huh. And then another 15d6 of good damage if it's undead. Holy crap, okay. 30d6 and then plus 16 for my positive wounds. Holy crap, so 30d6 plus 16. Yes. All right, then let's see it. Uh, here's 15d6 of it, and here's the other 15d6 of it. And then add, add 16 to that. Jesus. So much damage. Okay, so you just dealt... 112 total. First 15d6 would have been fire. The second d6 would have been the good damage. And then okay. plus, plus 16 of positive energy. So yeah, 112 damage. Is it dead? Um, no. No, it's not dead. But is that your? T- is that all your actions? No. What else you got? Technically move. I'm gonna move right up into her face. <laughs> okay. The burning bush flies up to the ghost. I mean, I'm on fire. <laughs> True. It, it, oh. Will... Oh, that reminds me. I need to take two d six. Yeah, you need we, to take we your. Have not, we have not been doing that. No, we haven't been. To yourself or to well, people around you. it's only been like one turn. I mean, no one's been around me. Oh, uh, that's true. It has only been around and no one's been around you. So, okay. Then, uh... uh so, actually, right before my turn, I should have taken 2d6 because it's at the end of the round. Yeah. So you're really not that far behind. No, not at all. I take nine damage to myself because I'm on fire. Then, uh, Hagger, you're up. Huh. Finish this bitch. I mean... <laughs> done what I can do. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You got any I damage in spells? Ah, that's true. Demon. Don't think that you didn't do anything this combat, because you completely and utterly removed this son of a bitch from combat. I will have her make me a will save. Alright, she will saves. With a 35. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what? No, no, it's Fantasm killing. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh... But, uh... Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Well, hold on. Can I just revamp it? Sorry. Yeah, revamp it. I was just looking at a damaging spell and I didn't have any. Uh, Immunities to disease, paralyzed, poison, precision, and unconscious. Doesn't say. Well, she should have something like undead traits, I would assume. Yeah, she does have an undead and the spirit traits, so hold on. Yeah, undead is generally immune to all kind of mind-affecting stuff. Uh, by generally mean always damaged by positive energy healed by negative energy and don't benefit from healing effects that's it huh yeah it straight up doesn't say that death affects it it's immune to death effects let me check spirit though spirit creatures defined by their spiritual self and often lacking a physical form there is literally not a single text in the trait or in this thing's immunities to say that it would be immune death effects. So Phantasmal hmm. Killer? I think Phantasmal Killer does still work. Uh, she just uh, she takes 86 damage and is frightened for two rounds. Got it. Okay, go ahead and roll the deeps then. 21. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's miserable. <laughs> that was really shitty. Oh, yeah. oh, hold on. Hold on. One living creature 
is the target. Oh, it says living creature in the uh, spell? Yes. Womp womp. Revamp. What else you want to do there, Spence? Alright, sorry. I will fly my ass over to Dantel. And I'm, I don't think I need to actually fly, but whatever. We're there now. We're there. And I'm going to cast a haste on him. A hex wow. on him, sorry. Called Life Boost. Ooh. And, uh, sorry, is spell level my level, right? Yeah. Spell level is your level in half. Round it up, so it's Round eight. Round it up. Eight. I give you fast healing eight Ooh. for a minute. That's pretty um, solid. Looks like that's also sustained. Sure is. So you'll can to... you sustain multiple spells? Sure can. Uh, absolutely. You can. Yes. It just means you won't be able to do anything else on his turn. That's fine. He's healing you. Sure every I'm round. about to release this demon, and you're gonna have to fucking just gangbang him. So <laughs> yeah, let us heal up a little bit before you <laughs> yeah, do. <like. laughs> then after Hagger, it's Dantel's turn. She's still this, thirty feet in the air. This thing's hanging out thirty feet in the air. Still, how long does that last? Uh, till she decides not to. It is well, a I mean, ghost. she's. Can she decide to do But she's slowed if she has if she's fully slowed and she has no movement. Oh shit. She it's can't just, leave it. How are long just, are we just pot shots until this goes? You know, she does get fortitude yeah. saves again at the end of every round of hers. God, this doesn't this doesn't work very well with Ice Tomb, does it? But what were you gonna do, Dantel? So the fast healing equal to my level is fast healing on my turn or at beginning Yeah, this your turn. Beginning of my turn? Uh I don't know, but effectively it shouldn't matter. Shouldn't. No. Not for this purpose. Um, I mean, if she's 30 feet in the air, I can't. I don't have a lot to do. I will sheath my sword. Or my, yeah, my sword. That's one action. Draw my bow as a second action. I will declare her as my enemy for my oath bow with a third action. Oh, shit. Okay. So it's an oath bow. The next seven days or until that creature is slain, your attacks with the bow against the creature deal 1d6 additional damage, and you gain a plus two circumstance bonus to survival checks to track the creature. Well, and shoot it. fourth action, I will shoot it. Since I can make it, it's a strike action. So. Shoot it right in its ghosty head. Not as great with this, but I get a 41 to hit. Which does hit. I will deal her 22 damage. As the arrow passes through in corporal form, you see it just rip through in the icy mist that is her and this rain of uh, little pieces of hail come down as the ice tomb breaks. Congratulations! Yay! We killed the Banshee! Not yet. Defeated the Banshee. Yeah, it's not over yet. We do have the treachery demon left. Can I can I have full disclosure on something here, guys? Yes. The banshee was the real threat. The treachery demon is a creature level thirteen, and when he comes back, he's going to still be blind. And, and, yeah, it's you. You guys are gonna you guys are gonna curb stomp this thing. Let's not even bother, right? Yeah, I mean, it'd be easy as you know. Hagger dismisses the spell, and everybody throws everything it has at it at finger, once. Would not take much. Finger of death. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Finger of death. Banishment. Uh, fucking whirling flames. You got t- plenty of options. Can I? I want to banish him so that he goes back yeah, to that'd his plane. You have banishment. Is, yes. You took goes it. Goes back right. to his plane, blind. Dude, do it. How does banishment work? Let's figure that out. All right. He comes back. He gives me a will save. He's crying. 
I feel like his will is broken. Oh, it's so, so broken. He takes like a negative. He wants to go home. I tell him I'm gonna cast banishment on him. Send me home. Send me home. I didn't want to be here anyways. It rolls a 33. All right, he fails. The target is banished. I send the target back to its home plane. The target must. He failed it. Back to the abyss. He's probably very happy. That's kind of cool. You can spend an extra action while casting banishment to add a material component to give the creature a minus two circumstance bonus. Oh, interesting. Huh. When you really need that shit to work. Specifically gathered about an object that is the anathema to the creature. Oh, and so it's like banishment specifically for that thing. Yeah. That's kind of cool. So you didn't know something that's anathema. Anathema. I knew something like joining us here at the min max podcast as we play all on the table going through the four new classes of the advanced player's guide playtest we hope you enjoyed this in-depth look at high level gameplay in pathfinder second edition join us next week as we return to our regular format and the fall of plague stone and until then we hope you have many great adventures of your own it's your turn